the Holy Spirit is God and is present in the world to make men aware of their need for Jesus. What drew you to Jesus was the Holy Spirit. He did not make you choose Jesus, but he drew you and convicted you. Um, The Holy Spirit is a gift the Father gives to all who believe the revelation of the Son of God and surrender their lives to him. Uh, It's the gift that was promised to those who say yes to Jesus. So he gives, God gives us the Holy Spirit when we say yes to him. Uh, The Holy Spirit provides Christians with power for living, understanding of spiritual truth, guidance in doing what is right. Um, The Holy Spirit is God and Lord and the giver of life who was active in the Old Testament, given to the church in the fullness at Pentecost, and empowers believers for service and witness. And I think sometimes we look at the Holy Spirit with less than God. I think in our Christian walk, we have different relationships with the Godhead. Maybe some of you are very familiar and your focal point has been God the Father, His love. Maybe you have not experienced God the Father in your life. Maybe all you know is Jesus and you've latched on to Jesus and who Jesus is and His saving grace. Um, And maybe some of you don't even know much about Jesus, but you've latched on to the Holy Spirit and, and that's all you've kind of been you know, diving into. Um, But there's a Godhead, there's a Trinity, one God in three persons, and Holy Spirit is God. Just like Jesus is God, and like the Father is God. If we diminish the Holy Spirit to an it, or to a force, or to a power, then we are um, not worshiping God, We're we're worshiping something else. And the Bible is really clear that the Holy Spirit is not something that was invented, but it was actually, the Spirit was there from the beginning with God. And, and many of us, maybe we've, we've uh, witnessed or experienced, quote unquote, God's presence in people's lives, and it weirded us out. Have you ever been weirded out by someone who said that God is on me and, and they're doing weird things? Anybody has been weirded out? If you haven't been weirded out, that's probably you. Just saying. Um, but a lot of times our experiences um, allow uh, and force us to distance ourselves. So if we've had bad um, representation in our life on the Holy Spirit, we will keep the Holy Spirit at a distance. Um, if we don't have, and ha- if we have not grown up in great fathers, with great fathers, it's tempted for us to not connect and relate to God the Father. And so um, I, I find in, in our lives that we have seasons of, of, of relationship with the Godhead, with the Godhead. So what I want to do today, because we could, you know, it's like, I, I will never do it justice, um, just talking about the Holy Spirit in, in one uh, teaching. But what I want to do is I want to establish biblical basis for who the Holy Spirit is, and, um, and, and, and then bring us, a, bring us to a call of action on our behalf. So I'm going to throw a lot of scripture so if you have something to write with, please write it down, and it'll be on the screen. Um, maybe, yes, maybe. I've, I've unloaded a ton of scripture for Jeremy, and he's like, yikes. Um, so let's just begin. Um, let's start with Genesis. 
Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And here we go. And the Spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the face of the waters. We see the Holy Spirit from the beginning, not at Pentecost, not when Jesus was talking about him, but from the beginning, God was one, and the Holy Spirit is God, and the Holy Spirit is part of creating. That basically means that the Holy Spirit was not created, but was creating with God. Acts, um, Acts 2, 37 through 30 and 38, we read this. After um, the, the, the gospel has been spreading and people have been hearing about Jesus and giving their lives to Jesus, um, Peter was preaching and we read Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brethren, what should we do? And Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of, the, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.25, we read, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Acts 19.1 and 2, we read this, When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached um, um, Ephesus on the, on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. Um, so we, so we read that there are people who have believed and yet have not like even experienced um, what we call the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the overflow of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is given to us when we get saved. But as I spoke a few weeks ago, there are different kinds of presences that, that is associated with the Holy Spirit. There's the omnipresence where God is everywhere. His Spirit is everywhere. He knows all things. There is the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is given to those who believe. And then there is uh, the manifestation or the manifest presence of, of the Spirit of God. And that is when He shows up in ways, when He pr compels us, when we get you know, when, when he gives us a task to do and empowers us to, to do it. So the Holy Spirit is a, big, is a big part of it because the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. I want you to hear that the Holy Spirit is God. And we read this in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settled on him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, in who, in, in who brings me great joy. Or in some versions they say, in whom I am well pleased. This is such a profound image of God and the Trinity of God represented all in one motion here. You have God the Father who is communicating approval and affirmation of his son, and then we have his son Jesus, who is God, who is, uh, became manifest in, in a human form for, um, for the salvation of humanity. And then you have the Holy Spirit ascending like a, a dove. And some people think that it's like, oh, look, it's a dove. No, like a dove. It doesn't mean that it's a dove. The Spirit is not an animal. Um, some of us believe in an animal-like spirits. And that's not of the scriptures. 
And so, uh, so, we, so we see this amazing picture of God showing up in unity. And then we read after Jesus gets baptized that the Holy Spirit, the Bible actually uses more like a violent language where it says that the Holy Spirit thrusts Jesus into the um, wilderness, into the desert to be tempted. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is all-powerful, all-knowing, and is everywhere. We read in Psalm 139, verse 7. Psalm 139, verse 7. We may not, I'm gonna, let me just bring it up here. I can never escape from your, pres- uh, from your spirit, David writes. I can never get away from your presence. Verse 8, if I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the winds of the morning, if I dwell by the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. This is talking about the Holy Spirit being everywhere. You cannot escape him. Sometimes we do things in the dark and don't realize that the Holy Spirit was there with you. You cannot escape him. Your deeds are always seen. Your thoughts are known and seen. The Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. John 15, 26, we read. And Jesus is talking to his um, disciples. He's saying, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, and he will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. Now, you mentioned this, the Holy Spirit dwells in every believer. We read this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, and he has and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Uh, let's keep going. I want to read through a few of these and then, and then have a little heart to heart. The Holy Spirit is our helper. We read this in John chapter 14. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. Like, that is a big role of the Holy Spirit, to teach you everything. To teach you everything. Think about that. The Holy Spirit is a teacher and a guide. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Um, The Holy Spirit actually reveals personal and private purpose and will that God has for your life. So what's interesting, Scripture, we read in Scripture, God's general will. For all humanity. You read this, you will know the heart of God. You'll know what God generally wants for people. And the Holy Spirit will bring revelation to his will. That way you don't have to ask God about every little detail. He's already written on a majority, on a lot of it. And what's cool is that the Holy Spirit reveals his word to us. It makes it, makes it come alive within us. It quickens it. So that it's not just words on a page but that it becomes part of who we are. We also read in Scripture that the Holy Spirit shows up and reveals specific purposes for people individually. 
So there are certain things in Scripture that the Holy Spirit told someone specifically to do that does not apply to you or me. So we, we, what we see here is the Holy Spirit gives us and reveals the, um, the Scripture and gen, God's general revelation, but it also reveals specific revelation in Scripture for certain people that we read about. And that's really amazing because we see personality here. We see individuality here with people. God asked a Abraham to do something different than he asked Moses to do. He asked Gideon to do something different than he asked um, the prophet Joel to do, or Elijah, or Elisha, or Isaiah, or Jeremiah, or David, or Solomon. We read the Holy Spirit showing up and giving direction to individual people. And I, I, I hate that people diminish that all that God had ever wanted to say was in the scripture. That's wrong. God has a lot to say. And a book will never contain all the things that God has to say. And I think that's a gift that's beautiful. But here's what happens is that God is not going to tell you to do something that violates whatever he already said. So you cannot say, well, God showed up in a vision. Well, if it's violating scripture, then it was not God. Test the spirit. May it have been the devil or the devil disguised as pizza. People tell me like weird things. I feel God is leading me this and this and this. And I know them and I'm, like, and I'm just thinking, God... That's not God, that's you. You're lazy. You don't want to put the work in it. It's you. It's not the Holy Spirit. But it's so easy because we associate the, the Spirit of God with an emotion. And, and, and people fall for relationships that are like messed up. People leave churches because they feel like God has told them to leave churches. People start ministries thinking that God told them to start ministries. People leave their wives and spouses because they feel like God told them. It's amazing how we could run with something and that Satan's goal is to deviate us so that we don't go to God for everything. But the invitation is what Jesus is saying is, look, I am here. And in Jesus' life with his disciples, he invited everyone to come to him. Didn't he not? He said, even the children, have them come. What do you want? Come to me. Come to me. Even those that he did not call, they made their way to Jesus. And Jesus saying is, and Jesus at the end of it all, he's saying, look guys, I will have to leave you. And you have to understand that this statement from Jesus that he has to leave them and send them something else, or, 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 or uh, we'll, get, we'll get there in a second. You have to understand that Jesus was taken from them. He was crucified and buried. So they already have this PTSD trauma of the one that they were following is dead. He left them. Then he resurrects, reunites, and says, I'm leaving again. Why? What? We just got you back. You just resurrected. What do you mean you're leaving? No, no. Trust me. It is better that I leave. We think that Jesus should have stayed because if Jesus was here, we would do things differently. 
Jesus is here. But without limits. This is how we are able to have a relationship with God. This is how the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit. And those are three big parts. The Holy Spirit is a powerhouse. We read in Genesis that the Holy Spirit hovered over the world, helped to create the world. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. The Holy Spirit can heal your diseases and your sicknesses. From the headache to cancer, the Holy Spirit can resurrect the body. The Holy Spirit can give you and provide provision and prosper you. The Holy Spirit has no limits at all. But the Holy Spirit is not that. It's not just power. And too many of us, we have limited him to a force, to a power, so that we only call on him when we need him to do something. But the Holy Spirit is not just power. The Holy Spirit is also a presence. Now, we talked about this. I talked about this a couple weeks ago, so I'm not going to regurgitate what we talked about. But it's a powerful idea that the Holy Spirit is also a presence. You can walk into a room and know and feel that something is there. You can walk with someone and know that they have been with God. And God wants that for each and every one of us. To walk with him in such a way where, it, where, where wherever we go, we can reflect and shine his glory. So there is a presence, but that's not it. Because the biggest part of the, of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Is a person. It's not an it. It's not a force. It's not an energy. It's not an emotion. It has those elements to, to him, but the Holy Spirit is a person. And because the Holy Spirit is a person, he longs for relationship. He longs for relationship. He wants to guide you, and he's able to. He wants to give you revelation, and he's able to. He wants to heal you, and he's able to. But he wants to be with you. And for you to be with him in relationship. We read in 2 Timothy, verse 3, that the Holy Spirit speaks. God doesn't speak. He's spoken. This is why the church is a problem. We want to box God in so that we don't have to change. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare, equip his people to do every good work. We read in scripture where um, and, I'm, and I can't get into it, but where the Holy Spirit, they said that the Holy Spirit told me not to go and preach the gospel in that place. What? I thought we were supposed to preach everywhere. Yeah, we are. But the Holy Spirit, for whatever reason, said don't do it there. Or the Holy Spirit also said don't go there. Or the Holy Spirit came and said, look, um, you are going to end up being arrested there. But I still want you to go there. 
Can you imagine God having access to God who speaks to you? Can you imagine having that gift? And can you imagine having that available to you and you not ever using it? It's sad. And, you know, okay, I'm guilty of this too. But it's sad that we would rather Google something before going to God. Like, think about it. How lame it is where, where, where God is there. He has all the answers. He knows all things. And there's no fake news with the Holy Spirit. There's no filtration with the Holy Spirit. And yet, it is so much easier for us to go and search an engine that was made by man. Because the Google of the devil... No, I'm joking. Google's not of the devil. You can use it. But the Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit is a unifier. The Holy Spirit also empowers us. And I do want to um, touch on this whole thing of the Holy Spirit as a person because I think we can have all these attributes. I'm telling you, there, there are many. Like, you can study and study and study, and we will never even, like, get to that, scratch the surface of who the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is God. Like if someone says, hey, I'm going to give you the three pointers to this Holy Spirit guy. It's like, yeah, just run, run, because there's, it's just impossible. I mean, think about it. If I brought Masha up here, I'd be like, hey, guys, I'm going to do a little sermon on, on, on her. Would that give her justice? 30 minutes. Here's the life of Masha. This is her, all of it. No way. And that's a, and, but that's a human person. How do you explain and express God? Thing is, is, he's not meant for someone to try to describe him to you. He's meant for you to live with him and experience him and walk with him, taste of him, know for yourself. He will make all things clear for you. But we read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our own image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and the wild animals on earth, and small animals that scurry along the ground. This idea of let us, let us make man in our image. Powerful, powerful text on the on the on, on representing that the spirit of God is a person and what that basically means is that if the spirit of God is a person then like a person the holy spirit can think and has his own mind it also means that the holy spirit has desire and has a will like you and I it also means that the Holy Spirit has emotions and can feel. The Holy Spirit is not forceful. The Holy Spirit is faithful. And so the Holy Spirit will show up, and because he's a person, he could be grieved. You can grieve. You can hurt God's feelings. What's beautiful about this is because the Holy Spirit is a person and the Holy Spirit has a mind to think, desire, and will, and feelings, that means that he can come alongside and reorganize and reset and transform our minds, 
our desires, our will, and our emotions. Many people, this part of our life is just running crazy and, and causing chaos and destruction. We make decisions based on how we feel. Our desires are wrong. You know, our thinking is corrupt. The Holy Spirit's like, look, I get you. I get you. Invite me into your life. Galatians 5, verse 16, 17 says, says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. The Holy Spirit is what produces this fruit in our life because this fruit is God's character. This is representation of the Holy Spirit in our life. And something that you cannot work towards and, you know, it's, it's all in seed form. It's all, it's all where we're planted because the fruit is the result of what is really in us. And if the Holy Spirit is in us, then you will grow and reflect Him in you. And if the Holy Spirit is not in you, then you will reflect yourself. We read that, we can, that, that the thing that the Holy Spirit, as, as being God, as a person, we grieve the Holy Spirit by sinning. Sin grieves the Holy Spirit and puts, his, puts a wedge between you and the Holy Spirit. Like, as a child of God, you're secure, so it's not a question of salvation, but it's a question of relationship, impact, influence. And so, what tends to happen is this. God has set us free. What the Bible says is where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is in some areas of our life. If you are bound, that means that the Spirit of the Lord is not fully reigning in your life. If you have a habit that you're trying to take a pill for, it means the Holy Spirit is not, doesn't have all of you. And I'm not talking about have, whether you should take pills or not. Um, my, my point is that it is so easy for us to substitute the work that the Holy Spirit is supposed to do for something else. We would rather drown it out and keep our sin than to invite the Holy Spirit into our life. And then we walk into and feel an emotion and say, well, the Holy Spirit is here. Who didn't lose it? Yeah, but do you know him? But do you know him? Do you have intimacy with him? Can you right now ask him a question and not have it be awkward? Have you, have you talked with him? Have you unburdened yourself with him? Did you go to him about your husband's or your wife's issues or your kids' issues? Have you asked him to give you wisdom on how to respond, how to react? Did you come to a dead end and didn't know what to say or what to do? And did you ask him to say, Holy Spirit, please show up? The Christian life is this. Either you and I are, cl are, are, are clinching to the Holy Spirit. Or we are clinching to sin. You cannot be sinning and having intimacy with the Holy Spirit. 
If you don't have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, it's either you are living in sin and calling it character and calling it grace and God's working on me, please. You know that he's not working on you. You know that you love it. God, where are you? I don't feel you. God, I don't get it. They could be so close. Check your life. Are you holding on to sin or are you holding on to the Spirit? If you want to be intimate with the Holy Spirit, you have to release and abandon your sin. Jesus already paid for it, so you don't have to pay for it. But you have to release it so that you can walk this way and say, Holy Spirit, be my counselor. Be my friend. Be the one who guides me. Be my whatever you need him to be in that moment. The Holy Spirit knows all things. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. And another here doesn't mean something different, but it means that it's the same kind. The same kind. What you have here, the Father's going to send you the same kind. He is the Holy Spirit, Jesus says. He leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it doesn't look for him and does not recognize him. If the Holy Spirit showed up, would you be able to recognize him if there was no emotions? If you heard something that was true, would you know that that was a revelation from the Holy Spirit and not just information? The world cannot receive him either because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him but you know him that's the question can Jesus can God can your family can your friends come up to you and say you know God how many friends do you have where you can come up to them and say you know God You know sports teams better than God. You know how to throw a disc, how to put a ball. You know your business ins and outs. You know trends and styles and memes. You know marketing. You know employment. You know people, skills. But the one that you need is he in the back seat? But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus came on earth knowing that he's not going to stay here. He had a purpose. This is why Jesus did not live to be 90 or 100 or 200 or 50. He lived his life until his purpose was accomplished. And then he's saying, in my absence, you will have a better version of me. 
Not in a sense of less God or more God, but access. Because if Jesus was here, there would be a line flying to Tel Aviv. For years, they said that if every person wanted 60 seconds with Jesus, it would take millions of years. Would you want 60 seconds with Jesus or a lifetime with the Holy Spirit? Because when you get the Holy Spirit, you get Jesus too. It's not like Jesus is hanging out somewhere saying, oh, call on me. Oh, uh, Jesus, I'm here. What, 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 Holy Spirit? We get all of God, but this manifestation, this expression of God is how we live life here and now. The Holy Spirit wants to have a relationship with you. That's where all this leads. I can tell you facts and characteristics and when we talk about God stories, those are stories of the Holy Spirit moving and working. Our vision is God through you. What's behind God through you is our desire for God to do a deep work in you. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So the invitation is a daily invitation of Holy Spirit, come have your way in my life. You've received Jesus, you don't have to receive Jesus again, but you have to invite the Holy Spirit on a regular basis in your life because every day you have to choose Him. Every day you and I have a decision, will we choose Him today or not? And many of us, we wake up and by default don't choose Him and find ourselves in a place so far away from Him. But you say, no, make me your daily bread. on earth as it is in heaven. So I don't know where you find yourself this morning. And maybe the Holy Spirit has just messed you up in a good way or in a bad way. Maybe you're uncomfortable someone talking about the Holy Spirit. What I would like to encourage and invite you is to just invite the Holy Spirit into your life. We always call for the salvation, and that is vital because you cannot have him without going through Jesus. But now that you are with Jesus, he's opened up. And maybe the reason your life is not different than the world is because the Holy Spirit is not active in your life and you're trying to do everything in your energy and in your way. You're trying to read the right books. You're trying to do the right things. This is what we're so, we're like, we're like, Adam, Ali, God, show up with your presence here. Because I promise you, like, his presence can carry you for months and months. One moment in his presence can do years of recovery for your life. Remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood? She spent everything, and then she just touched the hem of his garment, and just like that. The presence of God is, is so powerful because it's beyond an emotion. It's beyond a feeling. It is asking Him to be present. All of God to be here fighting for you, being with you, guiding you, directing you, you submitting to His ways, to His will. 
going to him first. You have a problem, Holy Spirit, give me wisdom. You've learned information, God, give me knowledge. Give me, what's my next step? Do not reject the gift that Jesus asked the Father to give you. This is where Christianity parts ways with all religions. The presence of God in and through your life. God living in you and not being limited by you. So I want to do something as the band comes up. I want to give us a moment. Relationship cannot be taught. It has to be stepped into. And no one can take the step for you.